This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York, we want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more. The DFS Studio is brought to you by DraftKings. Fantasy Footballers DFS and Betting Podcast with your hosts, Kyle Borgannoni and Matthew Betts. Welcome in. Friday, October 13th. It's a bit spooky here. Fantasy Footballers DFS and Betting Podcast. I am your host, Kyle Borgannoni, and I am joined, as always, by Matthew. Just shove it, Betts. <laughs> I don't know why you're being so mean to me, Kyle. I mean, it's not my fault that the Braves decided not to show up in Game 3. Now, I want to congratulate you on the win for Game 4. Awesome performance by Spencer Strider and the Braves, and and the Phils just couldn't get it going. So congrats on the win. Uh, We're recording this on Thursday afternoon, so we actually don't know the results. But I did want to congratulate you early, Kyle, because I I want to see Game 5, so I'm happy for your Braves. Early congratulations. Your pizza is on the way to congratulate you on the win. You know, this tactic that some of you saw on social media, it's the early congratulation. It's the double reverse jinx. Um, I thought about coming on this podcast and saying that to you, my friend. But I know my Braves and I know that they did come through. I don't need to jinx you. I don't need to throw anything your way because I know that Spencer Strider and his mustache, it's full beard right now, but I know that he went eight strong. I know that my Braves, you know, came through and won by 40. Like it was, it was a couple of touchdowns worth at least, and uh, we'll be talking about it later. But it's been a, it's been a fun week for our friendship, fun, and also terrible because I feel like I've stressed out more than you. It's been a very stressful week. I'm not gonna lie, um, especially when we were texting during game two, when man, it looked like the Phillies had that one in the bag, and you just I was the lowest of low. Yeah, and you just came out hot at the end. So um, it's been a fun series. I. As a baseball fan, I kind of wanted to go five games. As a Phillies fan, for my stress levels, I would love it if it ended uh, tonight uh, for game four. Yeah, and so if you're here and you're like, why are you guys talking baseball? Well, it's October, and October baseball is awesome if you've never gotten to enjoy it before. And growing up, I had a lot, and I mean a lot of October baseball being a Braves fan. So I have very good memories listening to Braves game on the radio. But if you're listening to this podcast, you are interested in week six. So Betts and I will be breaking down the main slate, giving our cash picks, the games we want to stack. We're going to prop it like it's hot. I'm going to give you a slate breaker that, I mean, I'm torn and yet I'm so confident that this slate breaker this week will just, you know, smash. So we're here for you. If you want to play with us, um, we have our DraftKings League. If you want to talk to us and talk with our people in the community, our Discord channel today, I went back and forth just, I just simply asked this question. What do you guys think about Joe Mixon? Because I have about 20 stats that tell me one thing and 20 stats that tell me another. So I love getting to talk out things with our people to give our prop alerts. You know, we got this morning, I fired off some Kadarius Tony props, nothing like that in the morning. So yeah, it's a good time, right? Dude, I'm not going to lie. I had a little slow start to the day today uh, just with the kids and getting their breakfast ready. And Kyle is messaging me left and right. I mean, he's firing from the hip. Prop after prop after prop. I'm like, dude, I haven't have coffee yet. Meanwhile, Kyle's like four cups deep, just firing off props. So yeah, uh, we charge. You know, we always joke it's an extra zero dollars and zero cents for our premium subscription picks, our gold star locks of the week. Those five unit plays that are guaranteed to hit. 
um, you can get those for free in the DFS Pass as part of your purchase. Yeah, DFSPass.com. Once again, we think it's a smoking hot deal. We go all the way through the playoffs. I was planning out my schedule bets in January with a friend. Okay, today I was talking about some stuff in January. I was like, you know what? My job eases up because we don't do five shows a week on the main show, but DFS keeps rolling. Like I was, I was actually planning out and saying, you know what? All the way through the playoffs, you and I get to talk on the mic. We have content for people in the DFS pass. So we keep on rolling. So DFSPass.com, promo code DFSPod if you want to get in on that. But let's talk cash. Straight cash, homie. And a little Easter egg for those. If you're watching Monday's main show episode on the YouTube channel, Mike the Fantasy Hitman Wright was wearing a straight cash homie shirt. Uh, Randy Moss, right? It was beautiful. Yeah, YouTubers, uh, they, they love that stuff. Quarterback this week, on this show on Tuesday, we said, hey, Matthew Stafford, Gardner Minshew, those guys work in cash. Are, are we still there? Yeah, not much has changed since our Tuesday show. Those are my two favorite plays. I think if you're making me pick one, I'm going to take the guy that is $1,000 cheaper in Gardner Minshew. And, you know, there's really nothing negative to say about Matthew Stafford. We're going to talk about that game. It's just the savings, right? And on this slate, I want to play, uh, you know, one of the 7K running backs probably. I definitely want to play either Tyreek or Chase or maybe both. Um, and so to do that, to fit those guys, you need the salary savings at quarterback. So I think Gardner Minshew is the play. We talked a lot about that on Tuesday. Um, but this is a game environment that I really like. We're going to talk about that game stack. And Jacksonville, you brought this up multiple times. They've been very good against the run. They've been pretty suspect against the pass. Uh, he's got weapons, right? Jonathan Taylor is back in the lineup. Michael Pittman has played well this year. Josh Downs has been a very nice surprise for that team. So I'm in. I don't think you have to overthink this. I think Gardner Minshew is a rock-solid cash play. Yeah, and just to put some numbers to it. So he's 5K. Would you be happy with 14 points from Gardner Minshew? Yeah, I think so. I, I mean, in the DFS past, I, I wrote... At 5K, we're looking for 15-ish points, right? Okay. And if he gives you 15 to 20, that's perfect. If he does come out and have an outlier great game, you're going to need him in cash, certainly, if he goes for 20-plus. So, yeah, 15 is kind of the the hope that we get. I think it's very doable. Yeah, I think just these two, Stafford, Minshew, 60-plus percent of cash lineups will have one of these guys, like just combining their roster percentage. So I don't think you have to get cute. There are people that love Justin Fields this week, and I think... I understand it against the Vikings and the way that he's played the last two weeks. 7,300 is more expensive, so you're definitely getting up there. Um, so I, I, that's the only other one that I've even entertained this week other than these two. And my builds have mostly been Stafford and Minshew. So I think Stafford is safe. He's fun to double stack in tournaments. On FanDuel, I want to throw out, if you want to do Tua, you want to pay up for Tua, it's fine. Trevor Lawrence is more of a tournament play. We'll talk about him. I think he's one of my favorite tournament quarterbacks this week, but you really don't have to get too cute. Like Stafford and Minshew are the two plays this week because of what it affords you. Like you can get two stud wide receivers this week in by playing Minshew. So um, running back is a different conversation because I think there's one play that everyone will have, Raheem Mostert, and then... You could convince me in about five other directions. So is Mostert like lock him in? I don't understand if you're not playing him this week. I wouldn't go as far as to say that. I mean, he's 6.4, so he's definitely affordable. It's not, you know, super expensive. It's also not cheap, right? Like sometimes we get these 5K backs that you're like, you've got to jam him in, no, no questions asked. That said, we're still waiting on official Jeff Wilson news. Um, if Jeff Wilson does not come back for this game, then I would say Raheem Mostert almost certainly is going to be my lineup at 6.4, taking on the Panthers at home. They are 13 and a half point favorites as of our recording. They've got the highest team total on the slate. This is the most explosive offense in the league. And Carolina is literally dead last in EPA per rush attempt allowed. Look to last week with Dave Montgomery just did this team. So yeah, I don't think really think you can poke any holes. I mean, do you have any concerns at all about a potential Jeff Wilson return? Like would that sway you towards a mix in? for a hundred bucks cheaper or like up to an ETN, for example, like what are your thoughts on that situation? Not at all. Just because we've seen it with a Chen like crush, like he he's crushed with two running backs in the mix. And I tweeted this out earlier this week, but Raheem Mostert 
Back-to-back years has been top 10 in route rate for running backs. So how often a running back is running a route on pass plays? Achan was at 98%, which is just wild. Like there's been only one pass play that he was on the field this year that he wasn't running a route. And then Mostert's right behind him, like at number two. So you're getting passing work. And before we kind of always thought Mostert was like an early down grinder. That's just all he was like, you know, with San Francisco, but like he's catching passes too. So I think his price is fine. Like he should be priced way up, but um, it is what it is. So 6.4, he seems really safe. And then David Montgomery is not showing up as high in tournaments, like in terms of roster percentage, but at 7.3, his role feels so solid And this Tampa Bay run defense is different than what it was a year or two ago. Like in my mind, I went into this matchup going like, okay, well, Tampa Bay has always been a tough team to run on kind of like the Titans. You just kind of categorize them that way. They're dead last in PFF's rush defense grade, which shocked me. And I've looked in a couple different places. So I think Monty feels safe at 7.3. Yeah. And we're still waiting for official Jameer Gibbs news. So just monitor that right now. I think it's safe to project him unlikely to play. Of course that could change, but he's been missing practice. This hamstring injury is new as of last Friday. So yeah, man. I mean, and, and even if Gibbs is active, right? Like, I think Monty is still in play, whether you want to play him in tournaments or in cash. I do think he is rock solid in cash. Like you said, the matchup on paper feels like, oh, the, the Bucks are great. They're allowing 4.9 yards per carry to opposing running backs. And Montgomery's touch counts this season are 21, 17 in a game that he left early because of injury, 34, and 21. And, and in cash, we care about volume and a goal line role. And Montgomery has that in one of the best offenses in football. They are favored in this game. So you should see, again, a positive game script. I love Montgomery this week. So are you entertaining three running back builds? Because I like right now, my lineup has Mostert. I'm assuming most people does. It has a Dave Montgomery or I think Travis Etienne is fine at 7.1. Alvin Kamara is fine at 6.8. Like, are you entertaining three running backs in cash? Yeah, I think you have to because there's so many good running back plays. Like, truthfully, I think it's hard to kind of, you know, decipher uh, these guys because they're not that far apart in salary. When you go from Monty to ETN to Oster to Mixon, you mentioned Kamara, like they're all kind of right there. Um, I think it's very much in play for a three running back build type week. I don't think you have to because we'll talk about some wide receiver plays that I also really like. But yeah, I think certainly three running back builds are viable this week. Yeah, Joe Mixon's the other name I want to throw out. 6.3 6.3 on DraftKings at 7K on FanDuel. I think he's a better play. The only problem with Joe Mixon is the matchup, which we'll talk about, which is Seattle's been really good against the run, quietly, really, really good against the run. And then there's this other guy on their team called Jamar Chase that um, I'm just, I'm going to put in my lineup. Let's be honest. Like the matchup's great. He's awesome. And I feel like we've talked about him every single week. It used to be we talked about T Higgins on this podcast, but because he's, hasn't been playing. We just can't talk about him. And so we just talk about Jamar chase every single week and say, play him. So, uh, any last thoughts? If let me, let me add this in. If you knew Roshan was active, he's 4.6. Are you entertaining that? It's tough because I don't think you need it. Like I think some slates were like desperate for value this slate. I think there's some solid wide receiver value, which we'll talk about that. You know, you can fit, guys like KJ Osborne in in full PPR I'm going to talk about Robert Woods in a second it's gross but at 3.8 he's in play Bobby Trees he's back he's in play with Tank Dell likely to miss with a concussion so I don't think you need to go there because these other running backs I feel like are safer projected workloads Um, they're not really dealing with a rushing elite rushing quarterback that can steal the goal line stuff Um, you know with Mostert that isn't in play with Tua with Mixon that's not really in play with Joe Mixon or with uh, Joe Burrow excuse me obviously Jared Goff's not stealing goal line work so like that's the concern with Roshan that said he is priced uh, to account for that sort of stuff he's still in concussion protocol so I think it's trending more likely he misses we'll see but that's one to monitor this week uh, of course with the injury we also want to throw out too um, Miles Sanders looks like he's trending to either be very limited or out in this game Chuba Hubbard is 4.3K this week. Any interest in him as a punt for, for cash games? I feel so silly because early in the week, I wrote him up, and you would have seen it in a DFS pass, as a dart throw. Like I said, even if Sanders is active, he might be limited on a snap count or whatever. I liked Chuba Hubbard as a dart throw because he's been getting the passing work. He's been targeted on 17% of his routes. 
Miami, as a rush defense, is giving up the fourth highest first down rush rate. So it's sneaky. But like you said, there's so many other running backs this week. I have to ask myself the question, like, what does Chuba Hubbard's ceiling look like? And his price is great. So that's like the the tempting thing. But like Chuba Hubbard, can he hit 25 points bets in a tournament? I mean, I'd be shocked. If he hits 25 points, he's going to take a ton of receptions in a negative game script and he'll have to hit you know the end zone at least once. Yeah, I, it's it's a fun play in cash. I just don't think you need to go there with enough value on the slate. There's like Christian McCaffrey. We're not even talking about him. If you want to play him, do it. It's on the road against Cleveland, who's been arguably the best defense in the league, best rush defense. So we don't love overvaluing matchups. Like that's one of those things where if you want to play Christian McCaffrey in a tournament, do it because a lot of people aren't playing him this week. But in cash, he's so expensive that builds this week don't really need him the way they need him in in, in others. And the game environment's at 37 and a half last time I looked at it. Like this, if this is a different game going back and forth, we'd love it. But um, so yeah, I'm not I'm not in on that. At wide receiver, I'm gonna give you a really hard task because the three studs this week, and you know, and I'll throw in Devontae Adams. He's a stud. Uh, Tyreek Hill, 9,300. Cooper Cup at 9K, Jamar Chase at 8.3K, so that's a value, and Devontae Adams at 8.1K. If you're factoring in salary and you're factoring in the games, put those four in order in cash. Like, is Chase at the top? Yeah, Chase is at the top at 8.3. I prefer him to Devontae Adams straight up. Um, and then when you factor in salary and the savings you get off of Tyreek Hill, which is almost a thousand bucks, and Cooper Cup. I think he is the top play on the slate. I mean, especially if T. Higgins doesn't play. But you talked about the matchup for Joe Mixon being decently difficult. Like, Seattle's been very good. If you go back to weeks one through three for Seattle before they played Daniel Jones and the Giants that fell on their face in primetime, they were 27th in pass EPA on defense. And on the year, even factoring in that game and a missed week because of a bye week, they're still allowing the 10th most wide receiver yards in the NFL. So... Jamar Chase is my top play on the slate. I think he's going to be ranked for both of us as the top play. Yes. This week, I think he's borderline a lock given that we have value to go down on the board this week. And you can get up to him if you're playing Gardner Minshew. If you're playing one of the three or 4K wide receivers, you can definitely fit Chase, I think, very comfortably. He should be 9,000. Yeah. like Coming he, off, he, what, 19 targets? Yes. And nothing wrong with Cooper Cup, but like he's 9,000. And he has somebody competing for targets, at least like, you know, relatively speaking, Puka Nakua. So if I were to put an order, it's Chase. And then I'd still probably put Tyreek just because their team implied totals nuts. Cooper Same. Cup. And then Devontae Adams, I think, is a better tournament play. I don't think I can play him in cash. Um, but those are four studs. I don't blame you if you want to put any of those guys. I think you can build this week where you can get two of them in. I think it's possible if you wanted to get you know, Chase and Cup or Chase and Hill, you can do that. Let's talk about more of the value guys, the 6K, 5K, and then we'll find some some absolute punts. I'm into Calvin Ridley this week at 6.7. I'm just figuring out, is this somebody that I like enough to play in cash? Because he crushed the Colts in week one. We'll preview that game in a second, but his price is fine. The matchup says they're going to throw. They're going to throw deep. He's getting a ton of deep targets. So I like his price at 6.7. It's like, it's at a spot where it's like, I can fit that in. Yeah, I think Ridley's awesome this week. I've just found it kind of tough because there are some rock solid 5K price tags. And it's sort of a, like you you always mentioned on the pod, it's kind of a decision tree. It's like, well, if you do this, then you probably can't do this. Or if you make this decision, you are, you know, going down this path of your player pool. And I feel like if you do play Ridley, it's tougher to jam those elite guys at the top. So I think my preference is to drop down to Christian Kirk, his teammate, and or Marquise Brown in the 5K range um, for Kirk. Week one, now this was against the Colts. That was when he had his worst game. But that was with Zay Jones in the lineup. Zay Jones is projecting out this week. We'll see on him if he's out. Christian Kirk should be rock solid. He's averaging 10 targets since that week one game, since, since he's finally kind of been consistent. He's been the dude, and over 80 receiving yards is his average over the last month of the season. So at 5.4 in a game environment you like, I love that. Um, the Colts also allowing the third most PPR points to opposing slot wide receivers. Christian Kirk lining up on the slot a lot. So I like this spot for both guys, Ridley and Kirk. And then as far as Marquise Brown, like 
I mean, he just keeps getting it done, right? And Josh Jobs has his flaws as an NFL passer, but he knows where to go with the ball, and it is to Marquise Brown. So um, over eight targets per game, 41% of the team's air yards. Marquise Brown's been great. And without James Conner in a negative game script as a seven-point underdog, I think they're going to have to throw against the Rams. So I like both guys at 5.4 and 5.3 for Kirk and Marquise Brown. With Hollywood, it's like his price is just not moving. Like he's the wide receiver 29 in salary. And yet when you factor in targets and like you mentioned, air air yards, he's kind of more like a top 12 guy. Like that's what he should be on this slate. So he's a good value. Adam Thielen at 5.9. I don't blame anybody if they want to keep going over that uh, that direction. Um, Part of me just doesn't, just wants to see it not happen. But um, just let my bias known. And then Robert Woods is not a name I think we've mentioned once on this podcast at all. And earlier this week, Betts and I were talking and then I uh, sent out something in the Discord that said, hey, here's how I sort by wide receivers each week. Take the salaries, take the target share, and I come up with a simple little metric. And Robert Woods was sitting at the top of that list. And when we got news of Tank Dell, it's kind of like, okay, well, he's cash viable, right? 3.8? Yeah, what does he have to do at 3.8? Give you... Eight points, nine points, and you'd probably be decently happy if the rest of your studs go off. So, yeah, is it sexy? No, of course not. Is there a lot of upside? Not really, but very quietly, 23.1% target share for Robert Woods this year. And CJ Stroud has been playing well, right? So, that's what it comes down to is the fact that Tank Dell is likely to miss this game. Um, it's a tough matchup. New Orleans has been great on defense this year. So, I think if he does come in as a very popular play in tournaments, I'd love to try to come underweight or potentially fade. But in cash games, for what he does for your lineup, I think he's rock solid. Yeah, Josh Downs, another player. If you want to add him in your pool, uh, 4.1, that's fine. It really comes down to you're playing a stud. You, you know, Hopefully, that's how you're building. And then you're finding somebody in the middle range or another stud. And then you're finding another cheap player because you're going to have to punt somewhere. And beyond Gardner at 5K, it's probably a cheap wide receiver or a cheap tight end that we're going to talk about. So think about those there on FanDuel. Cooper Cup is 8.7. I love that price there. And Calvin Ridley, 7K. So both those guys, much better values on those sites. At tight end, go in the 3K range, pick Logan Thomas or Zachary. It's a bunch of old dudes and log out. (laughs) So funny, dude. We're like... You know, on this specific week, we're like, man, Raheem Mostert, he looks awesome. Robert Woods, he looks awesome. <laughs> Logan Thomas, Zach Ertz, all the olds. Adam Thielen. This is a show for Andy Holloway, by the way. He loves the olds um, are in play. But yeah, man, I mean, if you're punting this week, those are my two favorite options. Truthfully, I don't think there's a lot of edge in like one of the two. I don't think there's a quote unquote better play. Logan Thomas has been seeing overall more volume. Zach Ertz, I think we like the game environment a little bit better. So Yeah, you're splitting hairs. I think they're $100 difference. So I think either one is totally fine. Um, You have Evan Ingram on the list, though. If you do want to spend up a little bit, what are your thoughts on on him this week? Yeah, I think Ingram, I I want a piece of the Jaguars offense this week. We like that game environment. So if you're not playing Ridley, I think Ingram's fine at 4.5. I think he's a really good play on FanDuel at 5.5. Like last week was a dud, but his target share is over 20%. So for any tight end, that's pretty good. You're going to buy in that way. I did want to point out, that on FanDuel, Sam Laporta is priced as the tight end one. It shocked me. Kind so, of deserving though, right? I mean, on a slate without Kelsey, Mark Andrews in the London game. So it makes sense to me. Yeah. Just just in case, if you don't play on both sites, FanDuel does a much better job of adjusting week to week where DraftKings is like a slow, slow build for some of these players or just some players like Marquise Brown. Hey, he's 5.3 and that's where he's going to live. So um, yeah, Evan Ingram... I would you last question would you play Hollywood and Ertz in cash together I don't love that I think it's fine I would probably be trying to figure out ways to not do that though personally I think there's a little bit more just risk when you do that so I I think it's fine if like it fits and that's kind of the way you want to build but I think if I'm trying to figure out the most edge I'd be trying not to do that one other one that I just thought of Kyle to throw out um, we're still waiting on Mike Evans do you think Cade Otten at 3.2 is in play against the Lions, who historically have been kind of bad against tight ends. I am a huge Kate Otten stand. Huge fan, dude. I've been talking about Kate Otten since before he was born. 
You know, <laughs> I'm I'm for it. I'm I, he runs routes. That's all I care about, and he's cheap. And so, lines uh, uh, second most yards allowed to tight ends this year. Yeah, and they have two members of the secondary now on IR. Like I, I think he's a fine play, and like you mentioned, like if you need to save a little bit more, he's in he's in the uh, the pool. At defense, New England, like that that's who I've got in right now. Yeah, I mean, 2.6, like like Kyle and I always say, we're trying to save money here because it's the least important position when you're talking about cash games. So yeah, I mean, the Patriots know Josh McDaniels very well. The Patriots know Jimmy Garoppolo very well. Um, so I think they're fine if you want to punt there. I also think for 100 bucks more, you could get up to Detroit. They're 2.7. I think they're fine in this spot against Baker Mayfield. Um, we'll see, you know, as as the slate unfolds and as you build your lineups, we mentioned so many values right at tight end at wide receiver like i think it's possible that you could fit in a 3k defense this week i don't think you have to but if you can get up to the dolphins like against bryce young and the panthers at 3500 they are also very much in play yes i my key point i want to give is that in tournaments get weird this week with defense people like there's so many different options out there that will give you a different combination than everybody else so for instance like, if you wanted to play the Dolphins, 3,500, do it. If you wanted to play the Vikings and you say, hey, Justin Fields has multiple turnovers, do it. If you want to play the Falcons against Sam Howell, who's been, you know, a sad sack all year long and they throw at the highest rate in the league, do that. If you want to play the 49ers because they're trotting out P.J. Walker, well, we don't have that news right now, like, it's 4K, it's expensive, I get it. Nobody's going to be playing them. So, Get weird on defense. I think it's fun. On FanDuel, if you want to punt, the Texans are 3.7 at home against the Saints. I think that is totally fine. Any last thoughts on defense? No, I think you covered it. All right. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes... You know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York. You want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away? Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. This episode is brought to you by Allstate. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings vary and are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. All right, bets. We've got four games, and we're going to blitz through them real quick because my son is going to get off the bus, and we need to end this on time. Let's do it. <laughs> Stack attack. That's the part about podcasting that people don't know is that uh, there's other things going on. We're juggling, you know, just as dads in the midst of dad a life, playoff. Baby. Yeah, dad life in the midst of playoff baseball. First game is Carolina at Miami. Miami is a 13 and a half point home favorite. The over and under is 48 and a half and Miami straight up kills it. They have 93 plays of 10 plus yards, which is breaking my brain that it even works that way. My question is, can Carolina do enough that we even care about them in this game as a bring back? Um, yes and no. And the reason I say yes and no is because I think they probably have, I mean, as their team implied total says, maybe two touchdowns. But like, are they a key piece of the slate? Certainly not. Uh, Bryce Young has been arguably one of the worst starting quarterbacks in the league in his young career. Uh, now he travels as a 13 and a half point underdog. So it's tough, man. I, I think it's really tough. It's We can keep the conversation, I think, very short on the Carolina side. I'm scared of Chuba Hubbard if he is a popular play. I want to get underweight the field if he is going to be chalk. Adam Thielen, I think is fine. But at some point, at some point, he's not going to do it, right? <laughs> like, so if you want to fade him in tournaments, like that's totally viable. I think DJ Chark is interesting as a leverage play, especially yes. when you consider where he's at in pricing, right? Robert Woods is, is 3,800. Uh, KJ Osborne is kind of right in this range. So if you're looking for a price point pivot this week, 
where they're going to have to throw, no doubt, against Miami. DJ Chark is 4K, and quietly, the Dolphins are allowing a 71% completion rate this season. So, DJ Chark is in play. A PPP, a price point pivot. I love it. Oh, there you go. Um, he led the team in routes. DJ Chark, you just need a big play. I think Mingo's interesting, too. I just think if you're going to go this this route, I would only use it in large field tournaments where you're hoping for these guys to be, I don't know, 3% rostered, something like that. And you're saying, I'm going to double stack the Miami side. And then the bring back on the Carolina side is DJ Chark ch- catches the touchdown or Mingo does. You're not asking for Mingo or, or Chark to like hit 25 points, but they catch a touchdown, they get 16, 18 points, whatever. You are super happy. So on the Dolphins side, are you entertaining Tua, Tyreek, and Waddle together? Or Tua, Mostert, Tyreek? I don't think I'm going to go there on Tyreek and Waddle together. Just because, like, I mean, we're five weeks in. It's, it is a small sample, but these guys have not performed well together outside of last week, and it took a Waddle touchdown to do it on 10 targets. So I think it's one or the other for me. I think I'm interested in playing maybe Raheem with one of these guys because we've seen, like you said, Achan uh, and Tyreek go off together. Look at last week, right? We've seen uh, Raheem and Tyreek go off together early in the season. So for me, I think you just say, look, they hit their team implied total. They score 30 plus points. They're key pieces of the slate. They've got the ceiling that you want. I don't think you have to get cute. I think it's it's those guys for me. I think Tua is totally fine as a tournament quarterback, but I like a lot of the 6K guys this week in, in pricing, so I find it tough for me to get there in my hand builds and smaller field stuff. But I definitely want to play Raheem. I definitely want to play a lot of Tyreek. What are you going to do with Jeff Wilson if he's active? Because I am staring at him and going, man, 4,600. He falls into the end zone. He ends up with 80 plus yards. And you're like, wow, this is a good week. And they might use him as a hammer, you know, in the second half. Or I don't know how they're going to do it. I expect the Dolphins to hit their team applied total because, well, they do it every single week. So any interest in Jeff Wilson, or is that one of those galaxy brain things that people say, Ooh, this is exactly how it's going to go. Cause I've seen Jeff Wilson in the past. Yeah. It's tough, right? When you haven't seen that player on the field yet, and he's coming off of injury and he missed a decent amount of time in camp as well. So it's, it's sort of tough to get there. I think it is a little galaxy uh, brainy if that's that's a word, but if he's going to be, you know, four or 5%, like there are crazier things you can do on the slate. So I think it is interesting uh, we just got to monitor that news and see if we can get an idea as to what his workload is going to be. If you wanted to do Mostert and the Dolphins defense and get out of here, don't mind it at all. I do think the Dolphins won't be, you know, like people are going to play them. It's not just going to be, they're not going to be the defense that no one does. Uh, so keep that in mind. But my lean for my Vegas take is to take the under of 48 and a half. I also lean that way, but it's not because of the Dolphins. It is because the Panthers I'm going to take the over on 31 implied points for Miami. Next game is Arizona at Los Angeles. The Rams, their team implied total is 27 and a half. That's pretty good. Seven point home favorites and the over under is 48. We love the Rams because it's pretty simple. Like it's this team throws the ball. They're third in neutral pass rate. They're seventh in pass rate over expectation and they're number one in plays per game. So Matthew Stafford double stacks, log out. That's like, that is so clean and clear where if you want to play Stafford Cup and somebody else uh, or Stafford Puka and Kyron, I'm fine with that too. Kyron and Puka have insane correlation with Stafford so far. Small sample size. But like Puka's is 0.97 with Stafford in five games. That is one-to-one almost. It's not real. So do you have a lean on how you want to stack and are you actively trying to go overweight the field? So it's tricky, right? Because naturally you'd say, okay, I want Cooper Cup and I want Puka with Stafford. But man, that's so expensive. So these guys have to just go bonkers to hit that. So I think it's a one or the other situation, meaning if you're playing Stafford, you pick one of Cup or you pick Puka, who I think are both awesome plays. I really like Cooper Cup though this week. I'll talk about him a little bit later on the slate. Okay now, hey now. Um, But at 9K, we talked about it, right? It's like everyone wants to play Chase for obvious reasons. Devontae Adams is hanging out there. Um, Tyreek Hill is hanging out there. So like, I think if there's one guy who kind of gets lost in the shuffle a little bit, it might be Cooper Cup. So I love him on the slate. Arizona just 
doesn't have anyone capable of, of, of covering him. And 71% of Stafford's completions are going to wide receivers. That is the third highest rate in football. So I think you need one of these guys with Stafford. And then I think it's a single stack week because of the fact that they're so expensive. Or you could get off the board in a large field and sprinkle in some 2-2 if you want. I also don't don't hate the Kyron take. Like Normally, we kind of advocate against stacking your running back with your quarterback. But in that scenario, you're saying uh, he's involved as a pass catcher and the Rams hit their team implied total. So that's kind of how I'm looking at this one. Keep in mind, Stafford, right now, we have projected as the most popular quarterback on the slate for tournaments. So... And it makes sense, right? Like he's he's not that expensive. You're hoping for the 300-yard bonus and you're hoping they just destroyed the the Cardinals. So I just wonder if you're running into a roster percentage issue with this game because of Stafford, Cup, Hollywood. Like those three right there will be a common combination. I'm not going to figure out the running backs from Arizona. Sorry, DeMarcado. Um Michael Wilson blew it last week. And then Zach Ertz, I hate playing in tournaments. So I don't know. I just don't know how to get different other than Kyron in this game. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I I mean, we have been talking about Puka as if like, oh, he's such an obvious good play. But you think about, we already said the wide receiver plays on the slate. Um, I'm seeing right now Puka projected for under 6%. He looks like an awesome way to get different in this game. Yeah. Okay, I... Do you think that people are at the point where it's like, okay, I'm going to invest in cup because it's going to regress. But 8K, I mean, 8K is a lot. Like you need Puka to hit 26 points. You mean what he's done every week? (laughs) (laughs) No, but in all seriousness, with cut back, even last week, he still saw over 30% of the targets. So it is these two guys. And I don't think you really can go wrong. I mentioned I think couple fall through the cracks a little bit, but I don't mean he's going to be contrarian. I just mean he might be like 15% instead of, you know, 30 that Chase is going to be or like 25 that Tyreek is going to be. And that's not unique, but sometimes these high ceiling guys, which Cooper Cup has a massive ceiling this week at 15% are under rostered, relatively speaking. So that's what I meant by that. But yeah, I think it's very simple. I think it's one of those two guys with Stafford this week. Yeah. Okay. So Puka lower in roster percentage. We like him in that spot. I would take the Rams. I hate that the number is seven. I wish it was six and a half, but I think I would take the Rams. I'm I'm going to take the Cardinals to cover this divisional matchup, which is terrifying. Yeah, no thank you. Indianapolis at Jacksonville. We've seen this game before. It was in week one, and Jacksonville won 31-21. This week, the over-under is 45 and a half. Jacksonville is a four-point home favorite. And with Indianapolis, we have a revenge game for Gardner Minshew. I get asked sometimes, does that have any bearing on the stats? Betts is, <laughs> Betts is nodding his head yes. I'm just trying to say as blunt as possible, no. It doesn't. Uh, Kyle, it is the most important metric we track. Come on. There are some metrics that I'd love to track that are off the wall, but not that one. Indianapolis is weird because... They don't throw the ball as much as you want. And yet, they play faster than you think. So you get more plays than than in reality for a team that's 31st in pass rate over expectation. We like Minshew because it's a different offense. We obviously love Richardson. We wish he was playing. But it makes it really simple. If you're going to pick a Colts player, you're picking either Michael Pittman or Josh Downs as a bring back, for me, from Trevor Lawrence double stacks. Is that how you're seeing it? Yeah, I mean, we want to get there on the running backs at some point, right? But JT played 15% of the snaps, and you would think that goes up every week, but does it go up to 25, to 50, to 60? Like, you really don't know. So if you want to get crazy and call your shot in a tournament, you can do it. Um, It's just he's not going to project well. It is also a very difficult matchup on the ground. Jacksonville is fourth in rush defense EPA. Meanwhile, they're giving it up through the air. So Logically, on paper, it makes sense. I think Pity City at 6,300 is very much in play. Josh Downs at 4,100 is very much in play. And Alec Pierce is currently doing wind sprints on the perimeter. So, no thank you. Poor guy. Like, he's in the bottom five targets per outrun with uh, your boy MVS, uh, Donovan Peoples Jones, the boys. Just uh, good cardio, though. Yeah, that's all that matters. Trevor Lawrence, I like him a lot this week. His touchdown rate. Doesn't matter to me. It's at 2.8%. That should change. 
I talked about him the other day on the Dynasty podcast. If you want a deeper dive on him, I think it's just easy. I think he's a double stacking candidate with Ridley, who has torn up cover three coverage, which what the Colts use a lot. Um, and then if you want to bring along Ingram as well, I think he's cheap. Like for being a game that we like, it's crazy that Lawrence Ridley Ingram is actually a pretty cheap double stack. Yeah, I was going to say, I like these stacks because they're very affordable. Like you could even do, I mean, you mentioned Lawrence Kirk Ingram. You could do Lawrence Ridley Ingram. You could even fit uh, the two wide receivers with Lawrence. Like it's very doable this week with all the value we have. So I think we're both in agreement. Like we love Jacksonville in this spot. I'm going to have, I think, you know, of the six to eight GPU lineups I play, I'll probably have three of them or so around Trevor Lawrence. I'm with you. He is a positive regression candidate in the touchdown department. 2.8% touchdown rate this year. He's seventh in the NFL in pass attempts. Like it's going to bounce back at some point. This is a good spot for him. Absolutely. in on Trevor Lawrence. Any thoughts about ETN? Because his price is fine. He went for 104 total yards in week one against them. I think he's fine. I do want to say Jacksonville's offensive line is not good. And he's actually masked some of their problems this year because sometimes he just is so good in terms of yards before contact, kind of like A-Chan. It's like, is he awesome? Yes, because their offensive line is fine. He just creates so much space that no one's touching him. And ETN's kind of been like that. So I think ETN is fine if you wanted to use him. If you wanted to correlate ETN with Pity City and stack somewhere else, I think that's a fine way of doing this game. Yeah, I I didn't want to like undersell etn i think he's an incredible play uh, i think he's cash viable oh wow i mean think about workload 22.6 touches per game 82 percent of the running back carries he's also averaging 4.2 targets per game and that's part of his game that we've been asking for since the end of the nfl right and now we're seeing it so yeah i think he's very much in play i think it's very close between he and the 6k guys for cash games so whether it's in cash or in tournaments i'll have exposure to etn this week all right give me your vegas take I'm going to take the over in this game. I like the over on 45 and a half. I take Jacksonville in the points at home. I'm uh, I'm fine with that. Last game, my favorite of the week, Seattle at Cincinnati. The over-under is 45. Cincinnati's a three-point home favorite. I just love these teams. Like I think that the pass rate over expectation is set up really well. Seattle is a hard team to figure out because they've been pretty effective near the goal line running the ball. They haven't been great through the 20s. Like, it, it's a weird thing where you look at a team and you go, they should just press on the gas throwing the ball because of what they have. But they kind of slog sometimes. And then other times they're super fast. I just, I never can quite figure them out. They were just on by. So if you want to give a lot of narratives of they worked on a bunch of plays to get JSN involved, uh, do that. I also think Zach Charbonnet might get more involved as the year goes on. But Seattle is interesting because they're cheap. Like DK Metcalf, 6,800. That's cheap. Tyler Lockett, 5,700. Cheap. Kenneth Walker, 6,700. All of these guys are cheap. So if you wanted to Geno double stack and have Chase on the other side, do it. Do it all day. But I think the way that people stack this game more is Burrow, Chase, and I guess Walker or Metcalf. Yeah, the Lockett price, I was like shocked when I saw it at 5,700. Again, when you think about where the field is going, it is to Marquise Brown, it is to Christian Kirk, and and we like those guys for good reason, but players fail every week, right? And if those guys fail and Lockett comes out for his kind of classic 100-yard, two-touchdown game that we know is in his bag, I'm, I'm interested. Now, the Bengals are allowing the highest defensive average up the target in the NFL, so I think there is a lot of ceiling here in this game. So I'm with you. We talked about it early in the week. You were on, I think, Seattle's team total over is one that you like, so... Yeah, man, this looks a great spot, especially like you said, the value for pricing makes sense on the Seattle side of the ball. Is there any cheapies in this game? Trent Irwin, people look at last week and say 10 targets. I'm probably not going to chase that. Um, Boyd's interesting, but he's not a freebie, right, at 4,600. I don't love that. Big Irv used to be fun to punt and cash, but it's not there. So anybody else, are you interested in mixing? Yeah, I mean, Mixon, we talked about a little bit in cash. I think he's very viable. The tricky thing is, it's one of those, like, the math will say he's a great play, but I just have this feeling. Like, I know he's getting a ton of work. I know he's involved as a receiver. Like, they literally are not involving any other running backs. So I think that is a rock-solid projection. 
But Seattle, like you said, they've been so good against the run. They're allowing 2.6 yards per carry to backs. That's number one in the NFL. They're number two in rush defense DVOA. And last week, we saw the Bengals have their highest pass rate over expectation week of the entire year. So I just want to lean into the passing game. I don't think Mixon's a bad play. I just think I'll be underweight in field, uh, you know, uh, in terms of tournaments. I think he's a rock solid cash play, though. Yeah, I look at this game and I agree with you. Like Mixon will project just fine. And in terms of expectation, he should be a top 12 running back this year. He's the RB 21 in half point league. So he's kind of lagged behind. And last year, you remember we had that same narrative and then he has the five touchdown game. So I think something like that is coming. So I love his price. I think you could still work him in if you want to get different. But for me, Burrow, Chase, stack that way. And then if you want to bring him back on the other side, we might be talking about Seattle players in just a second. But give me your Vegas take. I like the I like the Bengals to take care of business here. Minus three. Oh, man. I will take the over. It's been bet down, which didn't feel great. It's at 45. So, um, but those people that put the money on, those are dumb people, right? Those aren't sharps. The sharps yeah, they don't are at the anything. end. Yeah, they don't know anything. Yeah, you know, the real sharps, the real ones with that that move the money. Uh, the mattress max of the world. Um, those kind of people, they wait till the very end. So the total gets low and then they bet the over like a, like real smart people. Sunday morning. Yeah, dude. The Sunday morning overs. That's where the money is. Um, all right. Now it's time for our slate breaker of the week. And this week we didn't even have to get a sponsor because I was there. I was at the sponsors main headquarters. I'm talking about Chili's because I was there, Em and I were watching the Braves game, and our kids were at church. So we had a couple hours, and I said to myself, I can't watch this game right now. We are getting annihilated. My team may let me down, but Chili's will never. And so I took my wife to Chili's like a good husband, and I got a quesadilla explosion salad. You bet I did. <laughs> so How many marks? Uh, uh, I didn't get a mark. I'm still getting over oh, no? my cold stuff. I'm just, oh, okay. I just... Not not really feeling it, but um, they did try to tempt us with the trick-or-treat margarita, which they didn't pay me to say that, but uh, I was not interested at all. Um, <laughs> that sounds disgusting. It had little candies on top. No, thank you. Gross. But, 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 but a great product from Chili's, by the way. Um, Betts, why don't you give me yours first? You know, it's time. It's time for a classic Cooper Cup break the slate sort of performance. If you watched the game last week, um, against the Eagles in the first half, he was on fire. He was on pace for over 20 targets in that game. If you look at his first quarter and second quarter in the second half, the Eagles kind of finally got home with their pass rush. They figured it out, slowed him down I mean, because the Eagles are great, but Arizona, Kyle, they're 27th in PFF's pass rush grade. They're 31st in pressure rate. Stafford is going to pick them apart and Cooper cup is going to have a massive day. So I want to be overweight the field this week. I think Cooper Cup breaks the slate. I wish I could just play Cooper Cup and Chase and Tyreek and just log out, and that would be the guys. Just play all three of them. I know you can make lineups that way, but... I was going to say, maybe you, you put a little Chuba in there, you get contrarian with Jeff Wilson, all of a sudden Bobby Trees at 3,800. <laughs> you probably Desmond could make Ritter. it work, actually. <laughs> Whatever you need to. My slate breaker this week, what could go wrong, is Kenneth Walker the third, 6,700, in the same game as Joe Mixon, what if I told you that he carries a fourth of the roster percentage based on our projections? People aren't playing this guy. I don't really understand. Seattle quietly, very quietly, ranks number one in the league in EPA per rush attempt. And they want to run the ball inside the 10. He has the third most 10 zone carries in the NFL and third in broken tackles per game. And he's quietly been targeted on 23% of his routes. The reason why he's so quiet is because he's been on bye for a week, okay? So, the weak spot for the Bengals' defense this year has been the run game. They're 28th in EPA per rush attempt, 26th in PFF rush grades. And if you don't like that stat, they're 5.3 yards per carry ranks, tied for third worst in the NFL. So, Kenneth Walker is going to be, right now, 5%, 6%, 7%, whatever. He's so low. 8%. 9%. <laughs> he could be one, two, three, four, or five. Um, Kenneth Walker is, uh, I think, a really good play in GPPs this week. Does he break the slate? We hope so. All right, one more segment. <laughs> 
prop it like it's hot. All right. If you want to prop it up with us, dfspass.com and bets. We have a weekly article that we get to update. Fired off some this morning. Those AM unders. AM unders with Kyle. That'll be my little coffee shop, uh, coffee show that I do with people. Just like, hey, sip coffee. Um, I am going with Justin Fields. Maybe you've heard of him. Over 25 and a half pass attempts. Last two weeks since they've changed the offense. 29, 35. And the team they're playing is the Vikings. That's been a sieve in terms of you know what they've given up in the past game. But keep in mind this. We don't really know who the Bears starting running back is as of this recording. And you might not even know Sunday morning. Is it could be Roshan? Maybe. Is it Foreman? Possibly. They signed Darrington Evans. Whoever it is, it's going to be a mixture. But what we do know is that what's been working is the passing game. And I think that what they'll need is, is this. So the line's too low, over 25 and a half. You can get that on underdog as well. Yeah, I think that's a really good call. You mentioned the running back situation. Even more of a reason to think the over here. So, hey, man, overs are more fun. So let's take one more, huh? Um, we took Trevor Lawrence over 14 and a half rushing yards in the DFS pass. And Kyle, I mean, the people. They just moved the lines, dude. It's now at 16 and a half. I still think Whoa. it's in play. This is just way too low. Like, Trevor Lawrence quietly is fifth in the NFL in rush attempts among all quarterbacks. His stat lines this year are seven carries, 21 yards in this matchup against the Colts. Five carries, 26 yards. Three for 12 was a down week, but then eight for 42, seven for 31 over the last two weeks. We like this game environment. The Colts play up in pace. We should have more dropbacks for Lawrence. So this line is is confusing. It's too low. Give me the over. And what could be wrong? Two quarterback overs. There you go. If you want to play with us, go to ballersdfs.com. It will direct you to our DraftKings League, Fantasy Footballers DFS, Borg Plus Bets. You can join our league, play with us, have a ton of fun. That's going to do it for the show. You're probably wondering, hey, did did Kyle actually get to the bus stop to meet his kid? We'll see. Bet, sign us off. <laughs> I hope so, dude. Seriously. Oh, man. What a fun episode. Week six is here. Good luck to all of you. Come play with us on DraftKings at BallersDFS.com. And more importantly, we'll see you in the DFS Pass. Good luck this weekend. Go Phillies. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Fantasy Footballers DFS and Betting Podcast. Don't forget to visit us on the web at thefantasyfootballers.com.